This is the Illumina Genomics Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 6 of the Illumina Genomics Podcast. I'm Paul Broman, and I'm a scientific liaison here at Illumina. Every podcast, I'll interview top scientists whose work in genomics is shaping the way we think about science and our world. Our immune system is a complex network of cells and tissues that defends us from infection. But sometimes our immune system can go awry, causing it to attack our own healthy cells and tissues. This is called an autoimmune disease. Autoimmune diseases are a serious health problem affecting 24 million people in the United States alone. Today I'm at the Finnish Institute for Molecular Medicine, or FIM, in Helsinki, Finland. I'm here to talk with Dr. Janna Saarela. Janna is research director of FIM and head of the FIM Technology Center. Janna uses genomics approaches to improve our understanding of the biological pathways and pathogenic mechanisms behind common and rare immune diseases. My special uh, responsibilities are our technology platforms, so basically our genomics uh, and screening and metabolomics and bioinformatics and, and so on platforms. It's basically organized so that I'm heading kind of overseeing all the units of course each one of them have expertise uh, within the units and and both senior scientists as well as uh, kind of senior technicians who practically uh, take care of the analysis that we do so we operate as a as a national core unit for for these technologies offering services for the finnish scientists throughout the country she has a particular interest in understanding multiple sclerosis or MS. MS is an autoimmune disease in which the immune system attacks the protective sheath that covers nerve fibers. This can lead to a potentially disabling disease of the brain and spinal cord. So in addition to to being in charge of our technology platforms, I have my own research group and we've been studying immunological diseases. So basically we are part of the International MS Genetics Consortium as well as the Nordic MS Genetic Network. And uh, early this year, we got an EU grant called uh, Multiple MS, which is actually planning to study MS by utilizing globally, uh, internationally available data, as well as MS-specific data of the cohorts that are involved in that project. In MS, Complex interactions between genetic and non-genetic factors lead to disease heterogeneity in patients. This heterogeneity in turn leads to diverse MS clinical manifestations, response to therapies, disease development, and progression. Janna described how the multiple MS project aims to use genomics data to help stratify MS patient subgroups and to develop biomarkers that can better guide clinical management and drug discovery. So basically, many of the cohorts that are involved in in the EU project have uh, collected questionnaire-based environmental data that will be combined with omics data. One of the aims of the project is to make a very big data source of MS patients with multi-omics plus environmental data plus clinical data and combine that all together by that way trying to identify biomarkers that could improve the prognosis. In, in a sense that currently MS disease is a disease where you don't know 
what type of disease you will have, whether it's an aggressive disease or whether it's a mild disease, and it's very difficult to give a prognosis to a patient. What we want to try to do in this project is to try to identify subgroups of patients that would have a certain type of prognosis of the disease and then biomarkers for those that subgroup. At the same time, with the hypothesis that there would be so MS disease would be actually not the large heterogeneous entity as such, but there would be subgroups of subgroups patients that have some part of their immune system dysregulated. And, and that would allow us to target that, identify those patients and then later on also target that particular part of the immune system to develop new treatment as well. Janna and her team use a genomics technique called RNA-seq. RNA-seq can be used to identify all the genes that are expressed or switched on in MS patients. This data set is also known as the transcriptome, and her team intends to leverage this data with other data types to give a more complete picture of the underlying biology of MS. In the multiple MS project, there are some studies already on kind of RNA-seq on MS, but they typically been quite relatively small in size. So it, it, it's a few patients or maximum few hundred patients and, and considering the heterogeneity of the disease, it is a challenge. So what we are now trying to do is putting together several of these cohorts with the data so that we could actually collect big enough numbers to start to see anything meaningful and significant. I asked Janna whether MS provides a unique challenge in identifying biomarkers or whether complex immunological diseases are generally challenging for this kind of research. And what are the challenges in studying a disease like MS? At least to me, it's more uh, looking into immunological diseases. And what makes MS specific, of course, is that while you can get easily samples from the joints or you can easily get samples or relatively easily from the gut, uh, you don't get the samples from the brain. Right, so so that, that's an extra challenge in, in analyzing MS disease. But what we've seen based on the predisposing variants thus far is that most of them are actually closest to an immunological gene. So it's clearly an immune dysregulation disease and why it affects the brain, we don't know. That's why we are trying to use very many different omics data to, to identify biomarkers. There aren't really good biomarkers in MS. Jana and her team also study primary immune deficiencies. These primary immune deficiencies are monogenic, meaning that they are caused by defects in single genes, and they can be inherited and passed on to subsequent generations. Jana described the striking similarities between monogenic and autoimmune diseases as well as links between primary immune deficiencies and cancer. What I find is very interesting is that if you have some component of your immune system not operating or not existing at all, like you might miss some of the cell types there. So what the primary immune deficiencies present with is, of course, immune deficiency. So you are prone to getting bacterial, viral, fungal infections. But in many cases, there's also a very clear and very severe autoimmune component because that's the same cells that you might be missing have a regulatory role. So basically, if you if you are lacking the regulatory role, you react as, as getting an autoimmune disease. And I think combining these two is very interesting because these are kind of uh, the primary immune deficiencies are monogenic models for autoimmune diseases. And, and what are the pathways that 
can be dysregulated that cause the autoimmunity in those patients because right. there it's single gene disorder yeah. in most cases. And then another connection is that these patients are also prone to getting cancers. They lack the immune right. system regulation that would kind of control and, and get rid of the early cancer cells that are in your body. Jana and her team have recently begun to study a primary immune disease called hyper-IgM syndrome type 2, or HIGM2. Jana and I discussed a recent paper that she and her team published last year in the European Journal of Human Genetics, titled Enrichment of Rare Variants in Population Isolates, Single Ictin Mutation Responsible for Hyper-IgM Syndrome Type 2 in Finland. In this paper, she and her team identified a mutation in the activation-induced cytidine deaminase, or ICTA gene, that can cause HIgM2. Okay, so basically what we found there, that that's a primary immune deficiency, so hyper-IgM syndrome type 2, and, and these patients clearly have an immune deficiency. Uh, they also have autoimmune symptoms. Basically what is wrong is the class switching in, in the antibody formation. Right. And, and that's where the ICTA protein is, is needed. So what we did was uh, we had a family with clearly a typical hyper-IgM syndrome. And, and since it had been studied earlier uh, with candidate genes mm-hmm. studies and, and actually uh, as a clinical service also sent to, to laboratory in, in Europe with a particularly question that is this a, is there a ICTA mutation in this particular family and and for some reason they didn't identify one and and then we we thought that that is something new mm-hmm. we exome sequenced the family and indeed there was a known mutation in the ICTA gene <laughs> <laughs> however they decided to collaborate with their clinical colleagues to sequence more Finnish families with a genetic history of HIgM2 surprisingly they found that all the Finnish families shared the same exact ICTA mutation. And this specific mutation is 40 times more common in Finns than in other Europeans. But then indeed we started to look into, into it and we, we went around, we, we collaborated nationwide with all the doctors that take care of the immune deficient patients in Finland and asked whether, they, whether we could find more patients. And indeed, we found four more families, some of them small. The initial was bigger one, uh, but uh, altogether, I think, did we have nine patients? Yes, and they actually all have exactly the same mutation, and it's a homozygote mutation. So what we then went to look into was how how frequently this mutation is in the Finnish population, and, and what we observed, that it was almost 40 times more common in Finns than other populations of European origin. So it's clearly enriched here. Uh, When we further looked into the data, what what we could identify was that there's a founder allele, uh, and it is in that one founder allele. So all these uh, individuals who are either carriers of the mutation or homozygote mutation have the same allele. Jana explained that this is part of a phenomenon called the Finnish disease heritage. That's a group of rare monogenic, typically recessive diseases that are caused by mutations that are enriched in Finland. There's roughly 40 of them nowadays known. And what is typical for them is that the mutation is more common in Finland. Majority, if not all the patients uh, in Finland carry the same mutation. Since Jana is responsible for overseeing multiple and different technology platforms, 
including genomics platforms, I asked whether this presented unique challenges. I see more benefits than problems in a sense that I think we've been very lucky to have all these platforms within a house and the biobank because that really allows us to do things that would not be doable maybe elsewhere or would be much more cumbersome. One of our bigger entities here is personalized medicine cancer. One of the bigger projects in in that area is the hematological cancers that we are working with. When I say we, it means that several uh, research groups within FIM technology platforms are actually jointly operating to yeah, collaborating to enable us to be more than individual groups could ever do. I asked Jana to elaborate on the interesting personalized or precision cancer research that she and her colleagues are doing at FIM. They combine tumor drug sensitivity testing with genomics approaches to profile individual tumor responses to known cancer drugs. We do both exome sequencing of the tumors and the germline RNA-seq, and then in addition to that we do what we call drug sensitivity and resistant testing. So basically we have an assay for analyzing all the currently available cancer drugs on that particular person's cancer. So basically what we can get there is a profile of to which drugs that patient's cancer is kind of sensitive to and to which the cancer is resistant to. That is actually the information that we return to the clinic with the mutation information and, and with the RNA-seq information, but of course that also creates a unique data set where we have the genome, the transcriptome, and then the biological assay of resistance to or sensitivity to drugs. I asked Jana about what excited her the most about the future of genomics. Ah, I, I, if I could have kind of <laughs> been able to tell like few years ago that it's so easy to kind of sequence the genome today, I, I would have been amazed. <laughs> of course, I, I think we are moving ahead so quickly that, that it's just amazing. And I'm, I'm very happy to be operating in this area because we are, we are living in such an exciting time. But I think going into the single cell level and not only looking into the genome, but looking into the, also the functional parts of it, looking into the epigenome and the RNA and, and so on. So being able to combine that will let us look into questions that we have not been able to do before. Well, that's all for now. Be sure to follow our podcast so you won't miss any of our interviews with genomics experts. Join me next time when I'll be discussing the potential use of RNA to diagnose diseases with Dr. Dave Messina from Cofactor Genomics here on the Illumina Genomics Podcast. Genomics Podcast.